I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Well, tell all for love, it's the short pool. A Rugby Pass podcast with uh, Scotty and Mills Molina and special guest today, James McConey. Welcome, James. Scott Afano, how's it going? Mm. Um, great to be here. Mills, love the beanie. Thank you. Are you, co- are you cold? I am. I'm actually gearing myself up for next week to head down into the cargo. So I'm thinking, time for beanies, isn't it? What? Are you guys not cold? No. Really? You look, you're, you're, you're nice and rugged oh, I've got there. a flasher jacket on and a t-shirt. That's pretty much it. James is never cold. James is the most warm-blooded man in the world. That's right. I'm like a polar bear, mate, and there's lots of layers going on anyway. Hey, um, speaking of warm-blooded, uh, there's been a bit of a warm-blooded response uh, this week. We spoke about it last week on the short ball, and uh, we're going to have to cover it again. Otherwise, there's just a giant Israel Folau-sized element oh, yes. that's going to be sitting in the corner of this uh, podcasting suite. Israel Folau, uh, he said what he said on April the 4th in regards to his point of view on where homosexuals may find themselves unless somehow they ungay themselves through baptism. Um, he obviously went into meetings with Rugby Australia, Raylan Castle and Andrew Hoare, who's with the Waratahs. And uh, he's come out and then using his uh, platform Player's Voice, of which he is a shareholder, has written a first-person account or has had a first-person account written of uh, what he calls the context behind his meeting, the fact that he feels he was misrepresented by Rugby Australia, and uh, he claims to be unrepentant, really, and uh, he demands his right to think what he thinks and to believe in what he believes in. There's been a fallout from that. I've covered that for Rugby Pass uh, from a written point of view. Certainly there's been a lot on social media. Where, where do we stand now on, on where Falau sits in the game and his place in the game? Malili, um, I, I think what he's done is just um, it's uh, he, he's made a, a big mistake and a big call because really I'm guessing there's other people uh, who may feel that way and do we need to know exactly what they feel every single time someone takes a field? Do we go through the lineup and just say, oh, by the way, this person thinks gay people should go to hell, something interesting about them. You know when they do the player profile uh, <laughs> as they run out? Um, whereas, Jesus. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that, that, so, so whereas... I, no, I but hang on, we're not, we're not trying to make assumptions about what he thinks. He yeah. said this. Yeah. 
that's the difference because I've know. heard that argument. Now, he came out and said this. Now people can think what they like, and I can't comment, and nor can you, on what people might think yeah. or might believe. Exactly. But he said this. He put it out there. Yeah. So naturally, I just totally uh, disagree with that stance, and I actually feel that you know when you're when you're given, uh, I guess that sort of uh, doctrine or that that sort of teaching, it's still up to you really to take what you want from it. And one of the the key things, I guess, is you know. Do unto others, which would be quite a quite a cool thing to to say. Use that as your first port of call, and maybe it should be a flowchart of does it pass this test? Because mm. it's not really fair to say that about good people. And Brad Weber, the chiefs uh, the chiefs halfback, has come out and said, look, you know, uh, talked about his auntie and his cousin uh, who are in uh, gay uh, relationships, and they're the greatest people. I don't want to hear about them going to hell. You know, mm. it's fair enough. I can say that about. Um, my sister and, and her wife. I mean, it's ridiculous that you wouldn't find better people uh, walking this earth. And so this is what uh, hurts, I think, is the offence that you cause to people. And Nigel Owens, I thought, said it best. He said, you don't choose to be gay, so why marginalise um, this group? Are you just going to choose what's going to be next? Uh, uh, an, an entire religious group, an entire racial group, you know what I mean? It's um, Where does it stop? Milsey, I've got a question for you, and, and I mean this, um, and I'm going to be sensitive about this. Uh, I have never been the victim of any kind of prejudice in mm. my life. I am a white European <laughs> male. I have won the lottery in life yeah. uh, for so many people. Uh, you're, you're a man of Samoan origins. You would have, if not anything um, completely in your face, you would have felt some kind of prejudice at some stage in your life. So I can't talk about what it's like to be oppressed or to feel the wrath of someone's uh, small-mindedness or prejudice because it just it would be ridiculous. So I cannot speak to that. Can you speak to what it is like if you feel that you have been victimised in any way by someone's prejudices or by their narrow-mindedness? Oh, don't get me wrong. I mean, it's um, when all you want to do is just, you know, you said I was subjected in the weekend, to be totally honest, and all you kind of want to do is slap someone around the face about it, but you, you move on. So I can totally understand where this has got to, and I spoke about it last week, Sumo. Um, mm. I'm a little bit confused now with all that's going on because what confuses me and, and don't get me wrong I'm you know I, I believe there's a God I don't read the Bible from uh, the front page to the back but you know from a, a little a child and still now when I go down in Vicargo I'm told I have to go to church okay so what confuses me now about Falao's comments is he's one one thing he's saying he loves all people but on the other side you know there's a certain type that are going to go to hell now that's uh, I, I mean, initially I said like maybe he should have uh, went about it differently and not sort of um, said the things he, he did say in, in, in a reply to someone's question. Mm -hmm. Perhaps he just needed to sort of quote the um, the verse that he was, I think Corinthians something. Um, but now, you know, he's come out and sort of just made it a little bit worse. And I, I, I totally feel for it. Like I'm, I'm all for, um, you know, gay people and same-sex marriage and things like that, um, but I just don't have an understanding as to where this, uh, where Falau was actually taking this. And I don't even have heard that he was offering to, um, to, to, what, what to, um, to rip his contract up. I think that was what yeah. he was alluding to. Here's where the story's moved on for me. And and uh, again, you know, I wrote about this yesterday for Rugby Pass. Israel Falau claims that he offered to walk away from rugby union. 
Now, that sounds very gallant of him. And every major media organisation that I can think of that linked to his article on his own website either just quoted that story of his verbatim or ran a headline saying Folau offers to quit rugby. That is absolute horseshit. And in his own words, he said, he told Raylene Castle, that if she thought the situation had become untenable, he was prepared to walk away. There is a big difference between Israel Folau standing in that meeting and saying, you know what, this has got too much. I realise I'm damaging the game. Here's my resignation. That's offering to quit rugby. Yeah. At which point Raylene Castle could have said, hey, Izzy, no, we can work through this. Or thanks, Izzy. Yeah. Good luck for the rest of your life. He did not do that. He tried to set up the CEO of Rugby Australia, and he wrote this himself. It's in his words, if you read them. He made her try to say to him, yes, you should quit. It's got too much. Now, what does that open the organisation up to? That opens them up to claims of discriminatory activity. That opens him up to the opportunity to do Australian rugby for a constructive dismissal. That ceases to be about religion and tolerance and dumbass comments that is some clever manipulation of employment law, either by Israel himself or certainly by his representatives. And it's written in black and white in his story. That's where the story's moved on for me. There is no gallantry in Falau's statement that he was prepared to quit rugby. Yeah, um, None. The, the, the thing about it is, like, uh, if you want to stick up for what you believe in, that's fine, that's your choice. But you have to, you have to um, deal with the ramifications. So in a sense that, you know, if you're going to, Say that uh, all gay people are going to hell. You you haven't really caught up with. With a lot of people's views have uh, become more enlightened and uh, and understanding over the years. And we understand, for example, in this century now, you'd hope that sexuality isn't your choice. It's just something that a lot of people and a lot of kids are grappling with right now. And to have a role model like that say that this is what I think is a, a very pertinent point is that it will affect their. Um, their esteem, their mental well-being. You know, if you, for example, imagine if you're a Christian kid and you're and you're coming up and and your hero is uh, Israel yeah. Folau. Mm-hmm. He says, "Well, by the way, if you're gay, uh, you're going to hell. So, what are your choices between, um, say, going to hell and being gay? This is the thing. What sort of choice?" Would that kid make? Louisa Wall, who is a former black fern and now a member of parliament, um, she came out and said, you know, that these comments can kill people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and you know, that, that sounds a little, oh, you know, you're a bit over the top there. It is not. And I had a high-ranking government official text me this morning and uh, say, you know what, I can't tell you how many kids would have gone back into the closet after reading that statement. That's right. Yeah, and, that's Said, what and he went through it 30 years ago. That's exactly what I'm alluding to, you know. And obviously, the, you know, to for someone to make that, uh, you know, the, that fatal choice would be, you know, it's obviously a massive tragedy if it triggered something like that. Mm. Then you'd never forgive yourself. I mean, these are the things you have to really think about. Mm. Look, we we all work in uh, office environments or in, in jobs where you know a lot of the people we work with have very different beliefs, yeah. whether they be religious beliefs, whether they be cultural beliefs, whether they be ethnic beliefs, whatever they might be. We operate in a in a very diverse world, and and rugby teams are no different. Uh, Millsy, from your point of view, you've been in rugby teams where I'm sure there's a lot of different viewpoints, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, both at all black level and below. So how does this – look? let's forget the statement for a second, but the fallout has been big and it's been global. Mm. And, uh, you know, people who say it's over the top, it's not. It's a massive, massive talking point in our game. 
I can't remember a situation like it, frankly. But how do you get on with now being a rugby player, going back into a team? And how do your teammates just say, oh, don't worry about it. You said what you had to say. Good on you, mate. Let's get on. What if those teammates completely and vehemently disagree with his stance on this particular thing? Well, that's the thing. He's created – He's and they won't they won't have talked about this. It has been some players that have come out in, in support of him. But he's now sort of created that division because there will be guys in – his, well, his teammates, whether it be the Wallabies, uh, the Waratahs, and then op- even opposition. You know, obviously Brad Webber's come out and very vocal about it. He's created a division within um, his team, but within the sport. And so, um, I know if I put myself in in, uh, in those in other guys' shoes and it being a teammate of his, obviously you um, you sit down and uh, and wonder, you know, what he's actually thinking. I don't necessarily think guys will actually talk to him and, and say, look, um, you, you know, what are your thoughts behind this? Um, he's obviously come out and said that he's, he's more than open to talking about it. But sure. I just, I kind of, I kind of think of myself, okay, well, let's let's forget about what he said and, and put it in this way. And someone came out that played in the same rugby team as him, was white, and said, uh, you know, didn't believe, you know, had cultural beliefs that. Um, you know, coloured people went went to hell. I mean, that that we're kind of on the same page here now, aren't sure. we? On the same path, and so he'd be enraged. I, and, I, and I'd think, rightly if, so. If, if, exactly, and, and I'd believe everyone that would was uh, <laughs> that was of um, I suppose brown complexion would not want to play mm-hmm. with this person ever again. And so I think that's the the, the divide is actually created, and it's. You know, it's right back and was what you say, Jimmy. It's he should have chose his words, you know, very wisely because now he's going to influence, yeah. you know, people that have looked up to him. Well, he's been talked about as the best player in Australia. Um, I can give you another name, David Pocock. I, I can't think of two more diametrically opposed human beings right now in terms of what they stand up for and what they believe in than those two. And those two, at some stage before the end of Israel Folau's contract, if he uh, if he stays in this contract, they're going to come together in a team. That is going to be awkward. Yeah. <laughs> don't, I mean, don't you think? I mean, here's a guy who has given his name and his actions to a number of causes. I mean, you could call David Pocock a player activist. <clears throat> um, I, don't, I don't know if Israel Folau thinks of himself as a religious activist. I don't know. But, you know, that, that is going to, at some stage, bear its teeth. Uh, no doubt. I mean, this is, it also shows how courageous someone like Ian Roberts was uh, playing rugby league years Man, ago of, yes. and coming out. And so... Uh, for him to deal with, I guess he was dealing with uh, not just uh, that sort of uh, bigotry and hatred. It was just all all round, you know, back, back then. And that's almost what um, I'm hoping um, somebody actually takes a stand and says, look, I'm a gay rugby player and, and this isn't right. And we actually need to embrace the fact that, you know, if there are rugby players out there in the closet, I get, I mean, it must be a hard sport to, mm-hmm. to be gay in, Mills. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, I certainly look back and think of some of the, uh, the well, the environment you, you do end up in, and, and, and it is. I mean, I think it's a, it's a totally different world these days, but um, it's just a tough... Like, I, 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 I sort of often wonder about his, about Israel Folau's comments and, and, and whether he actually realises um, <laughs> how, how big they are. And, and I mean, I, you know, I'm awful people in, in, in their beliefs... Okay, don't get me wrong, but at the end of the day, you know, when you come out like that, you're influencing people. And when you say, uh, you know, it actually can kill people. 
Yeah, well, that's right. Look, we'll put a bow on it because I know there'll be more to this story. Um, and, you know, I'm going to follow with genuine interest and, and we'll cover this on the pod as well in the short ball that what Australian rugby does, you know, whether they, whether they still believe after all of this that that is a signature that they need to be chasing because you know the clubs from the NRL are circling. You know that he's going to have offers in France and Japan uh, and maybe elsewhere in Europe as well. Does Australian rugby now look at this and say, you know what? You're our highest paid player. We could go and blood four new kids for the money we're paying you, and they're going to come with far less baggage in a very changing world. So watch this space. Let's move on to the more positive things. 18 Blues are injured. <laughs> what? Really? 18. 18? Yeah, I think they've got 18 on the injury list, including pretty oh, much no. um, you know most of their big guns. So uh, they go up to uh, the Sunwolves. Millsy, you called it. They weren't going to lose that game. 24-10, I think the final score, four tries to one. They get a bonus point victory in Tokyo. They come back now to Eden Park, scene of um, what was hopefully their season nadir mm. against uh, the Sharks. Uh, taking on a Highlanders team that uh, will be backing themselves again after a good win over the Brumbies. So it doesn't get any easier for the Blues and the injuries, I guess, just uh, just concertina down and, and make this harder still. Yeah, I mean, well, so is this the adversity they need? You know, 18, you think of the Chiefs down the road, they had 16 of their top players. Uh, they got there in the end against the Sunwolves, you know, and to come away with five five points, I think that's, that's uh, that'll give them some confidence. Massive challenge this week against the Highlanders and the way they played down, you know, down south against the Brumbies. So, like there, there is there is glimpses of. Oh, it's nice to see Papali'i back. I think yep. he he brought some real oomph into the game, and um, you know, but he's going to need to stand up massively, and gonna, he's going to have to, you know, have uh, Yuani with him as well. You know, Akira Yuani is playing some good footy. He just needs to knuckle down now with Papali'i if he starts. And um, you know, take the game to to the Highland. The Highlanders have rested a few people though. Too, well, well, they have. But before we move on to that Highlanders team, you know, like Akira Yuani, a couple of weeks ago on on our TV show Team Talk, Melzi, he was preferred choice as mm. the starting number eight for the All Blacks, yeah. um, which I think shows a couple of things. The audience still loves a guy running ball in hand and running over the top of people, and uh, still the dirty work goes unnoticed <laughs> you know, yeah. by the larger public. Yeah. Um, so th- these are big weeks for Akira Yuani. Yeah, Very, very big weeks. Uh, I think he could be on the invalid list as well this week. But oh. uh, the fact is, I-, I just look at the numbers, Jimmy, and I-, I think to myself, here's a Highlanders team that loves to tackle, will kick you the ball, will make you use it. Here's a Blues team that has the ball so much they don't know what to do with it. It was the same against the Sunwolves. Mm. Uh, they'll drop it. They'll get some offloads away. They'll make some clean breaks, but they'll try and do too much. The Highlanders will kick to them, and then they'll say, come at us. Um, well, what's happened as well to people, you know, what's happened to trusting people on the outside? I mean, the Blues actually gave it to Jordan Highland, who's mm. uh, playing his first game of Super Rugby. <laughs> I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Mowed over the top of two people and scored a try. So are we talking about actually giving the ball sometimes, Mills? I mean, I'm seeing a lot of Fords out there selling dummies and um, that must drive you up the wall, surely. Yeah, but they're also giving away silly penalties. Like they're trying to get it out wide, right? Okay, on attack. Then someone checks someone. And it just, just takes the whole momentum out of the game. And like, you know, when I seen it, I think it was uh, Paulie Simanu then. And that's not like him to do stuff like that. But when you're a team under pressure, you know, all of a sudden those little things, you know, you know, come into play. And then you just, you know, just you just lose your whole momentum. Now, okay, you look at the scoreline, 24-10, you know, they won by a couple of tries. You know, the, the Sun Wolves came out and they were they were hungry, but they've also showed, you know, as everyone else knows now, what you need to do to, to beat the Blues. You know, you yeah. just put them under pressure. Well, and this is the thing that gets me about, yeah, you know, the Highlanders in particular are the team that will do that best. Yeah. You know, and if the Highlanders want to change their game plan and go in with the B plan here and hold on to the ball a bit more, the, the crucial stat out of that Sun Wolves game for me is that the Blues made 80 tackles and they missed 27. Their one-on-one tackling is next level awful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm sorry. Like that, those aren't Super Rugby stats. You are not going to make the playoffs with a defence operating around 79, 80 percent. You just—it's never going to happen. There's a reason that the Hurricanes are top of the log in New Zealand because they have the best defence. Yeah. yeah, and uh, if you look at, say, the, the Highlanders, I think they're sneakily the, the silent achievers. They don't lose by much, do they, if no. they go down? And um, everything they do revolving around the Smiths, um, great, you know, melancholic band that they are, to bring them out. <laughs> are we uh, talking about the Smiths again? Yeah, we are. We're talking about the Smiths. <laughs> and, I mean, if, if you can... Um, if, if you can imagine someone like Aaron Smith being on the bench, it'll be it'll be interesting just to see the difference he makes when he comes out in the sixty minute or fifty minute mark these days, isn't it? Yeah. Um, he will. He is going to be the. He's the consummate closer. I think he's the most um, influential player in Super Rugby, just because when he's there and he's on song, everything works. He's. I think. Um, Willie Lose called him the architect. I quite like that. That is a nice line yeah, from yeah, Big yeah. Willie Styles. Uh, let's talk about Kane Hammington. He gets a start. Uh, here's the reality for Kane Hammington. Four appearances this year, 40 minutes, lost the ball three times, made seven tackles. I mean, it's not a body of work to admire yet. This is a big step up for Kane Hammington, considering the Highlanders run that back line off Aaron Smith's pass. That is the crucial element in everything they do in their first phase play mills. Yeah, well, exactly. And that pass, you know, it gives you plenty of time. But he also gives you direction as well. And so it is. I mean, when you've, I mean, your stats, that's, I mean, it's a pretty low stat. All you're doing is really tackling. But, you know, I think he'll be okay. They've got a really good uh, environment down there. Aaron Major has set it up. I mean, you've got to remember the two games that they've lost have been against New Zealand teams, the two best defensive teams in the competition. And so they haven't lost to anyone else. They'll come up here, you know, obviously feeling uh, fairly confident that they can rest 
some of their big stars um, and and go out there and, um, and and play a similar game. I think we spoke with uh, Elliot Dixon you know, maybe about a month ago, and he mm. said you know they 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 had to sort of pull things back because all they do is you know bash the crap out of each other. Now you're not going to see any different up here in Auckland and um, on Friday night, but um, yeah, certainly. I, look, I want the Blues to win. Okay, I don't think it's going to happen, but I just sort of you know I'm sort of. I'm a bit down on the blues at the moment. Oh, yeah? I just need them to. I need them to get up, mate. It's the cold weather. It it's is, the cold it? weather's got you down. The, uh, the, the Highlanders forwards just need a massive shout out, don't they? Shout mm-hmm. out to Highlanders forwards because if you think that they were minus Liam Squire, weren't they, um, at the weekend? And so that means you take out their one front line All Black, and and still they're dominating these games. Dixon's starting mainly on the bench. Yeah. Still they're dominating these still games. They're... Guys like Shannon Frizzell. Yeah. I mean, what about that... Whitelock? I mean, you, you talk about the number. The Whitelock, unf- Whitelock is my starting no, eight for the All Blacks. He's 100%. the un- unseen stuff, the stuff that's just outside those that square box that you that's watch. Right. I mean, he just yeah. is a machine. Toughest man going at the moment. And uh, Gareth Evans is not far behind him just quietly as well. But And the, on Highlanders TV, I just might add as well, they've done um, HTV Cribs where Joey Weber goes around to Highlanders uh, households. Yeah, they've got cribs and um, and there's a lot of nudity. But if you want some player nudity, that's a holiday home in the yeah. South Island. A crib. Yeah, is, do they actually go to their yeah. Do they go to their cribs or their no, houses? No, no, it's just their houses. Oh, but they're trying to you know do an MTV. What's up with the nudity? Uh, it's a prop. Um, I couldn't work out which prop it was from behind, but yeah, it was. Um, it was quite impressive, really. Uh, they they did a bit of blurring though. They pixelated. Oh, did they? Yeah. Is it just behind shots or full frontal nudity? Um, I only saw a sort of small fifteen second clip. That's all you say. need. That's <laughs> all you need. I've watched a yeah. lot of small fifteen second clips in my time. Hey, uh, let's talk about uh, the Chiefs. Chiefs, Mana. Oh, Mills. Now, I, I want to. I just want to get this out in the open. I, I do not. I do not take any joy. In quoting this figure, but now Australia are at 34 straight losses against New Zealand teams. Something has got to change rapidly. They cannot continue to do this. You can't continue to do this and have a sustainable competition. Oh, I just can't believe it's not talked about more. 30, 33 in the weekend, right? They, no, yeah, 30, it's 34. 34. That was the 34th, 34. yeah. Oh, that is so something definitely. What's well, so it? Uh, the Waratahs. They've got the Waratahs, the Chiefs. Yeah, Waratah. no, she's got the Reds, the Reds. but that Waratahs game is going to be fun on the 26th of May, that's for sure. Oh, so, yeah, I mean, that's, a, that's massive. Yeah. I mean, hey, hey, you've already got issues with what's going on with Falau, uh, and now you, there's not even a talk about the – that's probably why it hasn't been talked about. There's got to be a counter, doesn't there? Because how many days is it? It's about 800 and something days since Far an Australian out. Super Rugby team last beat a Kiwi team. Oh, it's, it it's insane. Don't jinx this week, mate. I'm <laughs> trying yeah. not to. Um, Chiefs versus uh, the Reds, you'd hope that the Chiefs will do the business over there. It's been I'm, a tough team for the Chiefs, though, uh, historically. Yeah, they have. Yeah, um, banana skin team, you could say. Mm-hmm. And um, But there's a weird situation in Australia with bananas. Eh? With the, it's a controlled uh, market, isn't it, where they don't import them, and that's why they're really expensive in supermarkets. Right. Have you bought bananas oh, in Australia? Is there a banana protection racket Pret- going yeah, on? It's actually protection. banana week, isn't it, or banana, banana tariffs? Something like that. Really? Are we, yeah. are we talking on banana day? Yeah. Oh, good to know. We just had fruit swap at Radio Hodak. Is it Banana anyway. Day today? I don't know. I just thought I, I thought I heard that somewhere. Okay. Well, we'll investigate this. We're about to Google. Alice is going to Google <laughs> Banana Day. But um, anyway, look back to the Chiefs. Uh, Solomon Alamalo. Is he going to be another Chiefs player who is outstanding? It is Banana Day. It's hey, banana, banana Day. Happy Banana Day. Happy banana day. 
Uh, Solomon Alamalo. Wow. Is he going to be another Chiefs player who gets who just carves up, is amazing, and then gets denied an all-black jersey and then takes off to Europe? What's your list? What's your list so far? No, no, Williams would be on that list. Yes. Would he? Uh, James Lowe. James Lowe's definitely on that list. Recent times. Um, Could say even Lilia Masanga, but uh, he got a crack. Yeah, Lilia Masanga was definitely there. I mean, there's. I mean, I know every. Every franchise probably has that player, but I'm just hoping that Alain Marlowe stays because we've seen glimpses of what he can do. Well, I'm, he's dead to me anyway. Why? Because he's left the Tanifa. Has he? Yeah, he left the Tanifa. He's your love child. He's, you just love he him. Where's he He's gone to Tasman. Is he from down here? I don't know. I don't care. No one leaves the oh, Tanifa. I think you've gained Issy Tuangafasa, the Tuan, brother. Tuangafasi? Yeah, the brother of... Uh, Issy's coming north. He's coming north. We just lost it. Well, I just so I can't Ali Malo has gone down. Apparently so. And so, where does that put Will Jordan? I don't. Well, I've got no idea. But apparently, Ali Malo was signed with Tasman. Bloody, Can we talk about Ali Malo though? Yeah, honestly, sorry, I, I, you know, I, I just needed to get this out of my system. Yeah, yeah I, I, I think he's definitely a contender for the for the uh, June internationals. Definitely, Ali Malo is a contender I, I, for the you, June internationals. You'd have, you'd have to, you'd have to. Okay, we okay. Let's let's wow. let's pick the let's pick the the back three. Sure, uh, you, right you now, Ben Lamb, Ben Smith. Oh, yeah. Find another uh, uh, Ben Smith. Geordie Barrett. Fucking help me here, boys. Okay, Ben Smith on the right wing, Rico, Ben Rico. Lamb on the left wing, and Geordie Barrett at fullback. So that's it. Oh, is that? Okay. Rico, Rico will stay there. Yeah, Rico will stay on the left. And wing. then you have Alate Malo somewhere. Ben Lamb and Alate Malo, you know, that's, that, that's who you're picking from. I'm, you know. I'm going Ben Lamb here. I. I no, that's no, just an opinion. Ben Lamb has been playing the house down. I mean, that's the thing. He's had this sort of breakout season after years of of uh, seeing him, I guess, not quite find a, a fit, really. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Well, he had a great time with the Blues, waiting on the end of a chain. When you finally got the ball, it was from a metre away with six defenders on him. So, yeah, it's I mean, amazing what a player can do like that size in space. That's right. Yeah, let's be honest. Well, I mean, that, it's going to be a hotly contested spot, though. Yeah. I, I, think, I think we can safely say that... Um, Julian Sevilla's days are done. He will not make the All Blacks again. That'd be a shame. Well, actually, he, we, he can it, still do it, though, sure. Oh, I'm can. not saying he can't do it. I just think, given the history of All Black selections, um, Julian Sevilla missed last week's game too, and we still don't know why, so what's happening there? I just don't think they're going to go back there. Hmm. He's been playing on the right wing. He's been playing limited minutes yeah. for the Hurricanes. Are you suddenly going to put him back on the left wing and say, right, go be the bus? I think, I think he's, he's, he's done. If you are a big winger and you hit 26, then you need to go to Cigna 50 plus life insurance <laughs> with Keith Quinn because it feels like you've got to start looking in Ryman Healthcare. Um, I think Richie and Dan have got um, shares in that as well. So yeah, you can, yeah book in now because they, they, they don't want you, do they? I mean, the same thing happened to Jaro Kothoko, you know, age 26. And is it 26 or 27? It's like Rockstar. Yeah, yeah, it's Rockstar Death Age. That's right, yeah. the Jim Morrison. Yeah, it's the Rockstar Death Age. The Kurt, yeah. Alain Munnell is still after yeah, this now, conversation. I, I still, still think he is. I still think, I mean, and we've, we've actually forgotten Naholo as well. So he's got to be in the mix oh, somewhere. He's, he's, Naholo, yeah. But what, what gets Alain Marlow in there is because he can play fullback as well. So I think they'll go for wingers that can play fullback, right? Well, they've done that. And Israel Dag comes back this weekend, in which we oh. can segue away into uh, some Sunwolves chat because everyone loves the Sunwolves. Oh, the Sunwolves. Oh. Oh. 
So is he Lubbers Gakney made 27 tackles against the Blues. What? 27 tackles in a game of footy. They made 220 tackles. The Sunwolves. There's some big hits too. Holy shit. Oh. 220 there, tackles. There was some massive hits, wasn't yeah, there? Yeah. Some big hits. That's ludicrous. That is when you just say, no thanks. I'm going to go and play softball. <laughs> Luda. Um, one, one, is there one topic I did want to raise if there's time? There's always time. It's a podcast. You can take as long as you like. Good. Uh, but I've got car parking issues. Um, I do want to know, <laughs> Mills, about passing. I, I love the fact that everyone's flick passing. There's some beautiful ones. Um, what passing? Flick, you know, the flick, oh, you know, around the back, flick, oh, yeah. around the back, out the back door sort of thing. I, I, I don't mind that. I love the tunnel ball pass from Geordie Barrett the other week. It's getting creative, right? That's fine. But what about the basic passing? Mm. Just the, you know, from five or six metres away, it feels like that still is quite a tough thing for people, you know, to it's because of that whole push, push pass thing, you know, they sometimes deliver a little bit fast and even the timing, you know, because with people rushing out. I mean, what are you seeing in the passing environment right now? I, I think what's happening is that short ball or the sort of you know couple of metres pass isn't really on anymore and so they're getting creative and the skill set now has been able to do... Not, it's not so much a loop pass anymore. It's not a loop pass. No. Eh? I mean, usually in the pass they rush up because defences are rushing forward. That little short one usually becomes a double hit. If you don't quite get it right... yeah then they're getting double teams. So now what's mm. happening is a lot of the backs are actually passing that long pass out, out wide, but it's just a slight little loop, not a slight little sort of... The arca. Arca, yeah. yeah. Mm. Not so much a harbour bridge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we've seen that We've seen that a lot in the... Um, Crusaders. Crusaders. The Crusaders mm. do it a lot, and it's it's a skill. It's an absolute skill. Usually, in my day, it was just like, oh, someone's come forward, I'm going to just loop it over the top, and then by, that, by the time they get it out wide... Yeah. Everyone else is pushed. But you're right, there's still that little element. And I think, you know, you'll probably see it in the um, June internationals because, you know, our skill set's pretty good in the forwards as well. It is, yeah. I was just thinking, and you're right about that, that the long pass now is it's fast enough, I guess, to, to beat the intercept, not necessarily high enough to beat the intercept. So they're delivering mm. it at such a pace that you'd have to be a freak of nature to haul it in, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. But is the slider thing of the pass too, defensively? I mean, is it all now about... About the rush, I mean, how do you regroup if you've, you know, you've you've got a rush? I understand that on your defensive line, but you know, you used to have something called the slide defence. Is that just irrelevant now in the game? Well, it seems to be so. I think the only time you really slide is when you're sort of down in numbers and you're sort of, um, you know, holding. And then, what the biggest thing for me that's 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 noticeable is, you know, they are forcing guys back on the inside. But usually, when you force people on the inside. You know, you're always going to get a weak shot. Yeah. Whereas now, you know, they've kind of forced guys in, and then bang, someone's hit you. And yeah. the, the the quality of the tackle is, unless you're the Blues last week, is massive. You yeah. know, it's just uh, just dominating. Well, well, that's right. I mean, we sat there with uh, Corey Jane last mm. week in that Wellington and the Hurricanes Chiefs game. I mean, the first play of the game is a centre knocking out a seven, yeah. uh, and then Geordie <laughs> Barrett, who's absolutely monstered Nathan Harris, a hooker. So mm. that's a fullback on a hooker. And then I think both Damien McKenzie and Bodie Barrett put guys on their backsides, guys who had much lower numbers on their jersey. That's the state of it. You've now got 15 blokes who can smash you in a footy game. Yeah, and you remember the days when they said, well, let's just send guys down down (laughs) to Channel 1. Everyone's going, no thanks. Now it's just kind of like... (laughs) 
No, you don't want to go down Channel 1. I want one. to go down Channel 1 and a half. I, I want to see Geordie Barrett in the NBA. I know a lot of people say, hey, <laughs> AFL, but I'd like him to, if he could do three sports. Um, I mean, you could actually get him in the NFL easily because you know that role is at the, the tight end, you know, the, mm. the sort of reasonably tall but fast receiver. He would be unbelievable. He would be a great AFL yeah, yeah. player. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I mean, yes, he would. He would eh? uh, seriously, if you're an AFL, I mean, he never would. I don't. I don't think he would. But if you're an AFL team, you'd be looking at Geordie Barrett, going, "This guy's prototype." That's right. Hey, we better finish up with the Sunwolves taking on the Crusaders. So I give the Sunwolves precisely zero chance of winning that game. Zip, zippity zip, zip. Yeah, exactly. We knew that. We do know that as a fact. Okay. One last thing: who's in the best shape? Forgetting results and table position right now, just in squad at the moment, which New Zealand team's in the best shape? I think we can say the Blues are pretty hammered. I think we know the Chiefs are pretty hammered. So which of the Highlanders, Crusaders and Hurricanes currently boasts the best, most healthy team in your eyes? Malili? Well, for me, and I think it's because the draws worked, you know, initially when I looked at it, you know, they had a uh, a buy earlier on. Uh, they've just come out of a buy. They've won. So in terms of getting, while health-wise, and being beaten up, I think the Highlanders actually mm. are. I actually think they're, they're, they're running along nicely. Yes, they've had two losses. And you've said forget about this, the losses or the wins. But they've had but a lot of derbies too. They have. And and they'll and, and now, you know, um, I think they're in, they're in a lot better. Uh, a lot better shape than some of the other um, New Zealand franchises, and they'll be humming. I, I, I actually believe they'll they'll finish pretty strong. Uh, I, th- I think the Hurricanes are looking pretty good. Uh, Nehe Milner Scudder is coming back soon, and I think there's another big name that's coming back. It eludes me right now, sorry, mm. but uh, this is the thing. Adi Savia. That's right. Yeah. So I know that they're all. So that they'll be getting to that point where all of a sudden you thought they were good. Now just wait until all the uh, recruits or yep. the, you know the. The returning uh, soldiers turn up. Well, and the Crusaders too, welcming back. Owen Franks, welcoming back. Israel Dagg and Joe Moody's not far away. So uh, Scotty Robertson said way back after that first loss that the Cavalry's coming, and uh, I think they pretty much are. Well, that's been the Short Ball today, a Rugby Pass podcast. Plenty to get your teeth into, and uh, yeah, hopefully we can talk about footy this weekend. That'll be fun. <laughs> yeah, that'll be good. Yeah. And awesome. um, enjoy some bananas today. It's banana day. It's banana day. I'm really yeah. excited about that. Thanks, everyone.